Hey, it's me, Solid Snake, protagonist and heartthrob of the Metal Gear Solid series. I'm stuck in patreon.com slash supernpcradio, but I've uncovered the key to defeating Foxy. Hello? Snake? It's me, Otacon. Have you told them the key to defeating Foxhound yet? Uh, no. I was just about to, but you interrupted me. Uh, sorry. I, I almost screwed this up as bad as when I designed Metal Gear. Also sorry for pissing on myself when we met. Anyway, the key to defeating Foxhound is... Hello, Solid Snake. It is I, Psycho Mantis. I was reading your mind and I could see that you haven't told the listener that the key to defeating Foxhound is by going to patreon.com slash supernpcradio and listening to the Metal Gear Solid Games Club from Super NPC. If someone would just give me a minute, I could tell- Oh, my bad. Carry on. To defeat Foxhound, you must listen to the Metal Gear Solid Games Club from Super NPC Radio, where we're covering the Metal Gear Solid series. I can see in your podcast listening history that you enjoyed The Legend of Zelda Games Club, listener. You'll love this. He's right. Your favorite pals at Super NPC Radio will be covering 10 games in the Metal Gear Solid series. They're released bi-monthly on Fridays. Oh, jeez, I'm going to peace myself again. It's true. You can find it all at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio every other Friday. There's more to come after that, too. In the second half of the year, I've seen it. Another series after Metal Gear? Oh, man. This is a lot to take in. What's that series going to be about? It better not be about piss. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a meaningful video game from their past. On the show, if you listen to it, you'll know we talk as much about what made playing the game special or memorable to our guest as we will uh, the context of how they got into it, uh, likely for the first time, but who knows? Maybe this is a revisit. We'll find out from our guests later. A little bit of housekeeping up top uh, is if you want to support us, you can do that a few different ways. Uh, you can, of course, uh, check us out on social media, on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod, and on Twitter at callmebyyourgame, but just the one Y, so that's B-Y-O-U-R. There you can see what episodes we have posting and when, learn about our guests, uh, check out the beautiful art that I make for every episode. Um, you can also rate and review us uh, wherever you get your shows. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, I see that. And if it's not bigoted, I'll read it on the show. Uh, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love this game today, games in general, or uh, are just, you think they're going to get charmed by our guest today, then you can share it with them as well. And of course, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where we have a ton of other video game shows and content for you there, including the monthly Call Me By Your Game co-op group style episodes uh, where we cover, uh, it's a bit of a deep dive on a meaningful game uh, once a month at our $10 DJ Toad tier. We recently did Halo Infinite, 
with Cody Ziegler and Teo Yang. Uh, we also have the Metal Gear Solid Games Club that is coming up. It, when you're listening to this, the first episode drops in two days. So if you're interested in that stuff, check us out there. That'll do it for the housekeeping. And I can finally introduce our guest for the day. So please welcome Goku's Idol and Monster Hunter Mentor, Ify Nwadiwe. Welcome to the show. Hello. I, you know, thanks for that love. Truly, <laughs> you know, I, w- I, I can only hope that I am Goku's Idol. I can only uh, hope and pray. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, you know, I'm hoping so. You know, as someone who is, uh, who after about a year's break of watching the Vegeta saga on Dragon Ball Z, I'm getting back into it again and I'm watching the beginning of the Frieza saga. I can, I think I am, uh, educated enough to say, I think you are his idol. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Um, I hope to keep it going, um, to keep it going. I uh, thank you for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to talk about the game we're going to talk about later and all sorts of stuff with you. But first of all, I always love to introduce uh, who you are and sort of how we know each other. Um, Sometimes when I have a guest on, I don't remember exactly when we met specifically because I think, you know, how we know each other through the comedy community, essentially. You meet a lot of people at a lot of different times. It's really hard to pin that down. But I think I do remember meeting you because you, I knew you were good friends with my, our buddy, Matt Apodaca. And so I knew of you before we had met, but I'm pretty sure after seeing you perform for a bunch of times and knowing you through him and some other friends, I think I came up to you at the Virgil one night some years ago and was like, hey, you're Matt's friend. Uh, and just introduced myself. Yeah. Uh, probably in a, you know, a bit of a confident buzz is probably what was going on for me. Look, I feel I'm glad you did. Uh, you're great people. If you're co-signed by Matt, <laughs> that, that's all it takes. Uh, because, <laughs> but also, yeah, no, seeing you around uh, and Matt has spoke highly of you a ton of times uh, before we even met. So I was already, you know, knowing I was already a, a Connor Stan until oh, I was wow. able to, uh, to, to really implement the standum, you know. It's almost as if he was just trying to set up uh, us up as stands of each other. And wow, yeah, yeah, what a successful well, job he did. Yeah, He's yeah. known Good. as that sort of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've known him a long time. I've known him since high school. I, I, I revealed that in the in the room today uh, of, a, of an untitled video game based show that I'm on yes. uh, to someone who knows who uh, who who knows uh, Matt as well. So, yeah, it's been a it's a, it. Yeah, it's been a long time with me and Matt. That's amazing. He's I think. I believe Matt was the fourth guest on this show of all the way back in episode four. This is going to be episode 103. So, uh, yeah, that's always somehow we always get back to Matt on this show. Um, that's how we met. Uh, I got to see you and get to know you just a little bit over the years. Uh, you're one of the just you're an absolutely electric improv uh, comedian, but you're also oh, a writer. You're an actor. You do a lot of stuff. Uh, what do you want to share with the guests about yourself and anything you've been up to lately? Oh, yeah. You know, a writer, actor, comedian, as, you know, we start to figure out what this is. Uh, is it an <laughs> endemic? Is it this or that or whatever? You know, uh, you know, I'm going to be getting out more, doing more shows. I've, I've you know, I've, I've 
optimistically booked some uh, flights out to do some weekends out in other cities. So nice. we we shall we we shall see. So look out for that. Like I said, there is a you know yet to be announced nay game that will be based off of a video game that I'm cooking on. So look out for news about Very that. Cool. And yeah, watch Grand Crew. Uh, I think those are like my main tenets. Oh yeah, listen to Maximum Film on Maximum Fun, and uh, my first kicks uh, wherever you get your pods. Awesome, yeah, a lot going on for you, a lot of fun yeah, stuff. So are, much. with your shows that you're that you have coming up, are those with the big team? Or are they not improv at all? Oh yeah, they're they're um, both. So okay, I have cool. shows with the big team, and I'm also getting some stand up shows there. So oh, even within cool. comedy, I'm doing too much. My God, yeah. I don't know. Like I, sometimes I look at the things, the time that I have and the things that I do and I'm like, man, I don't have time for anything. And then I look at someone like you or other people who are, have like an equal amount on their plate and I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I don't have so much on my plate. That person has a lot going on. <laughs> you know, just uh, just a lot of double booking and making it work to yes. be honest. So. And so, you know, with all that in mind, too, uh, thank you for so much for taking the time to do this. Well, of and course. With everything you plug, we'll have a link in the show notes. We'll also, I'll bug you at the end, too. So if anyone is interested, uh, listener, you can click links to all these things um, that have links. Uh, but let's, uh, before we get into your history with video games in general, Iffy, I would like to know, or would like you to introduce the game we're going to talk about for the main event later. Oh, the main event we're going to be talking about is Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. That's Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. We will get into the details of what that is, what that means if you, in the future, you know. But uh, as of right now, just know it's going to be Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. And once again, I'll explain why I repeated the title multiple times <laughs> uh when we uh when we <laughs> when we actually get to it awesome uh i'm looking forward to it it's going to be the first uh psp game that we've discussed on this show i think i got really excited about that and an email yeah, exchange with hyped. you it's fun to get a new console on here uh oh, yeah and the psp deserves its due so that'll be fun before we get into any of that uh, i want to talk a little bit about your history with games do you remember uh, first taking an interest in games growing up at all? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I remember I was always a game. I was, I was straight born and bred gamer. Uh, nice. Because like as er the earliest game I remember is the NES Mario game with Duck Hunt. After that, I had the SNES Super Mario World. Ooh. After that, I, I never ended up getting the Genesis, but my step uh, my stepbrother um, and my stepsister, before my dad married my stepmom, they had a Genesis. So I would go over there and play Sonic and Knuckles. Okay. Uh, I never had the Sega Saturn, but I really wanted to play Knights so bad. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, you had the PS1. I had the PS1. At the PS2 and the PS3 and so on and so forth, I I had and okay, I, but like I, it was a huge, just I I've always been into games and I've always been two into games. As a matter of fact, the PS1, I had it 
And then it was taken away from us, the kids, <laughs> by our dad because they said we were playing too many games. They, we oh. played it too much. We were playing too many games. And they, like, oh, no. took it and got rid of it. And then I remember when we got the PS2 because for my Christmas gift, I wrote a contract begging my dad for a PS2 <laughs> saying that he can show me that contract whenever I wasn't working or when I wasn't doing homework and I would have to immediately stop playing and do my homework. It was a huge ask and I got the PS2 with Sly Cooper on it oh. and that's when our PS2 career started. And it's and it's tough because I burned my Christmas gift for a gift for all the kids and yes. that was something I definitely held over their heads. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm the reason this is around. So y'all need a raise up off the game i you changed know? your lives yeah <laughs> That's, can, can i want to ask you a cool question about this contract so it was basically like if you weren't if he decided that it was time to just put it in your face and you were playing the system he could essentially just do that whenever he wanted as long as you could just have it yeah yeah okay yeah and it's Man. and it's so funny because like in retrospect i was like writing a contract that gave my parent permission to parent me yes. like, like as if as if without that contract they would not have been able to tell me to stop yeah. playing the game uh but i think it was more along the lines of like just in case you know just in case you think i forgot you or something yeah. like that but yeah so i and and it was kind of just i remember so those were the the games i had till i graduated high school mm -hmm. and then you know my next big system i distinctly remember when i bought my 360 and got halo 3 because Ooh. i was watching uh the g4 like you know oh my gosh uh, coverage of the release of halo 3 and like i'd never played halo 1 or 2 i think i played a little bit of 2 in high school just mm. like people do as at a friend's house but i never played through but i knew i was so sure by the end of that coverage that i had to finish the fight and wow. you know i i took my paycheck drove straight to um drove straight to gamestop bought a console bought halo 3 which was pretty hard too because like those were sold out at the time, especially mm -hmm. with that game drop. So after that, I was just gaming. I and I was back into my game bag because I was out in Lake Elsinore because my dad was was telling me, oh, you're not doing well in community college right now. And it's because you're on at your mom's. No one's you know, putting you in line. No one's showing you a contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one has, no, no one has the contract. We don't have the contract to do it. So he drug me out there to go to school out mm. there. And that's when I got the 360 and got in a Dota uh, oh because I was in a computer programming class. And this kid was like, you need to be playing Dota and you need to be playing Guild Wars. He was uh, only right about one of those. Uh, <laughs> so, so then falls I fall back towards you know going to my mom's house doing improv working gaming working gaming work gaming was just always a part of my life yes. from then on I was on I was in a battlefield 3 or a battlefield like yeah battlefield bad company 2 to battlefield 3 clan I was ever it was just a, a huge part of my life and then eventually I, I get hit with a bug that I've said a million times where Matt Apodaca, speaking of which, tells me to listen to WTF with uh, Donald Glover. I start doing stuff with uh, 
UCB. Yeah. Ended up moving to uh, LA, brought brought my systems there. There's a reason I'm covering you with all this. I just need it to be so clear that I was just always gaming. Yes. And then I picked up this job where I was like working for this social media marketing type company. And he had this new venture and he was like, do you think you couldn't play video games and 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 talk and 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 talk to people and i was like yeah and i remember i play i thought he meant like rp so i remember mm -hmm. i recorded like a 15 minute video of me rping in day z and uh <laughs> he was like no like you know talking to your audience i was like oh yeah i can do that what do you mean that's that's easier than what you were asking yeah <laughs> so then i went ahead and i started working for this company called social tron live which was greg grunberg's company and introduce my friend to them. He ends up launching. My friend leaves that job, ends up launching Geek and Sundry's Twitch channel. And so mm. now I'm involved in Twitch. And so I'm doing Twitch stuff. But back in, I'll, I, I will make one little tidbit in Social Tron. My buddy Manny, Manny Hagopian. I don't know if you met him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you know Manny. Yeah. So, you know, and he did Back to the Future, the musical, and I was in that. And just lots of UCB stuff. We're UCB buddies. So I knew that he was working on this new game, Titanfall. So we had him come on as a guest on my Social Tron show mm -hmm. and talk about Titanfall. And I see your face lighting up because, yes, you see exactly where this is going. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, we, 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 we do a whole Titanfall, you know, bit. And he goes off uh, and I go off and start doing stuff with Geek and Sundry and I start going down that way. Uh, then eventually... I get uh, hired to write for At Midnight, but then I come, but I'm like in between doing like nerd shit. Mm -hmm. So that that is because a lot of people kind of wonder like how I'm in this position of being a professional nerd, you know, yeah. being on G4 and all this <laughs> yes. stuff. And really what it is is just being a good comedian, actor, writer, and also being nerdy. Like yeah. those, it, it was the combination of those two things mm -hmm. and those two, uh, or no, those, that was more than two. That's what you can see why I dropped out of it program. It added up to me. So, yeah, yeah. So I, so I'm bouncing between and also the knowledge, just like any career, even if it's a career that's being created before your very eyes, the more knowledge you get, the more opportunities you get. Because at this point, uh, between writing jobs, I've worked with Nerdist, I've worked with Geek and Sundry, I've done the Social Tron stuff. So BuzzFeed hits me up and says they're trying to do a gaming channel. So I get involved with them and then we launch BuzzFeed multiplayer and then I end up getting another writing job and leaving. It, it's kind of like a pattern where like yes, I'll work you, with a media company. Sorry, you, what did you say? Oh, no, it's OK. I remember I almost forgot about this, but, you know, Zach Shashinsky, who yeah. I went to college with because I no forgot way. he was he he might even still be doing stuff with them. But uh, he yeah, he left to work for another company. OK, now. gotcha. So, but, but yes, he just. I, yeah. I think the first time I saw one of you post something with the other in it, I was like, what the hell? And I was like, oh, yeah, this was a very small world. This shouldn't be that big of a surprise. Yeah, well, it still is because you're like, yeah. I, I thought I'd seen the last of Zach. <laughs> and here he is with Iffy. <laughs> yeah. No, they're more powerful than ever. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was just doing stuff like that. And it was an interesting thing that I didn't 
actively know I was doing, but mm-hmm. essentially as I was building my like resume as a actor, comedian, writer, I was also building my resume as a professional nerd because now I'm getting co-signed by all these dope companies. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you smash cut to now me doing Rooster Teeth, Geek uh, G4. It's it, it just makes sense because now it's like, yeah, of course you're going to call Iffy if he's the guy who's on all the nerd channels. Uh, but to really kind of nail it and to pick up that kind of seed I planted before, right before I start writing for Grand Crew, uh, mm-hmm. all, all this time, by the way, Manny, who I mentioned, we did the social Tron thing with, he's been moving his way up. He, you know, he was the writer's assistant for someone on Titanfall. Then he actually became a writer for Titanfall too. Wow. And then behind the scenes, he's building up the stuff to do apex legends, which is based on the Titanfall lore. Mm-hmm. And he's the lead writer. And I'm like, yo, if you ever need writers, wink, wink. And he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then smash cut to last year. It's I think it's, you know, we're getting real close, uh, in a couple, uh, <clears throat> two months, it'll be a year that I've been with Respawn. Uh, he's like, hey, we actually do need a writer. And then I got Grand Crew and I had to be oh. like, hey, I'm doing Grand Crew. I was like, but I would still love to work on this game if there's mm-hmm. anything. And he was like, well, the reason we'd love, we want you on this is because we really don't have to train you as much because you've been playing the game since launch. So you know everything and i was like that's true and mm-hmm. so <clears throat> then i came on board and i was working on grand crew and apex and so it's been a real fun writing experience because for all this time especially doing all the game stuff it was the it was on the other side of the gaming world so to be on the game dev side mm-hmm. and to be working and building this game and the writing experience is so different too it's way more collaborative you mm-hmm. you know because when you write a TV show, you're kind of in the writer's hole with the, you know, it's still collaborative, but like you as a writer present a finished product most of the time uh, before you really start getting into production. Like with Grand Crew, about half the season was was written before we started going into production. And then we were doing like production stuff. And then because of COVID protocols, you know, every, people weren't on set for their episodes we had like a designated on set writer yeah so like it really was this disjointed thing whereas like in apex like you know you're you the the narrative team the writers were writing on something and then like the animation gives their input and then you know you have other people other parts of the team you know you have the person building the 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 uh, the mechanics of the character design, you know, uh, voicing in and like, you know, you kind of have to get this idea that all these people can be excited about instead of being like, all right, we're the writers. We wrote the thing. Y'all do what you do. You know, it's more yeah. like, Oh no, do, do they fuck with it too? Okay. They, they, if not, let's, let's, let's try and make everyone happy. Yeah. So when you say collaborative, you mean like all of the is well, not all, but many departments putting their heads together on an idea or a concept. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. So it's so so it's been fun. You know, it's been fun, and it really has been great. You know, holding it down as 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 both someone who games, and also I'm on Twitch, and then making games, mm-hmm. and now at this point writing 
TV shows about games. Like it's like yeah. I really have the, the the holy trinity of a career. I'm playing games, making games, and making content about game, making TV yes. shows about games. It's, it's cool. It's nutty. It's you know I feel like you are a really great example because this is something I thought about, and I'm sure many people you know at least who have uh, intersecting interests like like you do and like I do. You're such a great example of someone who has seemingly, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, not been afraid to say yes to stuff and try things out because you never know where it's going to lead. And for you, it's led to varied, really interesting opportunities. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 funny, you know, because you will get you will get like People were like, how did you do it? And it was like, not on purpose. It, it <laughs> yeah. truly was a, it truly was a, an accident in, in, in many ways, but it makes sense in a lot of ways because you're just, you're, when, because like the professional nerd is a fairly new thing. I remember mm-hmm. when I was uh, doing invitation to party for G4 and talking with B Dave, who was the DM. And if you don't know invitation for party is the D and D show for G4. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch it on Twitch, but it also airs on the G4 TV channel. Yes. So you are essentially having people watch us play D and D on television. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if you would have told me two years ago, I'd be doing this. I'd be like, you're lying. You know, because yeah. that wasn't a thing like it was it was critical role was wild enough. This mm-hmm. idea that, you know, these voice actors are playing D&D and people are listening to it. And you're like, wow, that's wild. That's as far as that goes. Yes. And it's like, actually, no, it's you can have a whole TV show. And and it's not just lightning in the bottle because, you know, it's very easy to look at something like Critical Role and be like, oh, it's because you have these like prominent voice actors and no one really cares about the D&D. They care about the voice actors. And now you have this new element where it's like, no, uh, people care about D&D. They care about good storytelling because that's all like live play shows are. Yeah, it's there's a handful of shows like that. I even think of isn't. um Brennan Lee Mulligan shows at Dimension Twenty. Mm-hmm. Is that that's also D and D, right? Yeah, or am it's I D and D? It's a it's a whole bunch of tabletop games, but primarily, okay. these, it started with D and D, so that's safe. Yeah, that's really it's yeah. It is interesting to see where things have gone and just what opportunities are out there now. Um, it, ideally, would you like to continue? Is it enjoyable for you to just have? a variety of these opportunities or are you like ah, maybe sometimes I'd like to be a little more focused on this or that how do you feel oh uh um I I like having a collection of things that I'm that I'm kind of just cooking on you know Mm -hmm. like I like I I really adore a Donald Glover type yeah. relationship with create. Cause you know, you know, I, I rap, you know, and then I do like, you know, stand up and, you know, I act and, and him kind of having his, his pick, right. Where he's like, okay, I think this year I'm gonna work on my TV show or this year I'm gonna do some, some, some acting in these movies or this year I'm gonna mm-hmm. do a, another album. And that, and that, that's kind of what I would ideally like 
And I think it really is just continuing to show my ass positively Mm -hmm. uh, and how much I can do and let people green light the cool things I'm trying to do. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for walking us through. I didn't realize we were going to get like a walk through your journey into the games industry, both, you know, in front and behind. That's thank you for sharing all that. Um, the, the last question I have for you, which is truly just game related is, has there been a game, uh, in recent memory that you've really enjoyed, whether it's the last year or two? Oh man. Um, there, there's many different answers I can give to you. Okay. I can talk about apex. Apex just had a huge revamp. Uh, and it's so funny cause it's around my time being there, but obviously had nothing to do with it because this is more mechanics, but mm-hmm. a, a, and we're seeing a lot of like call of duty streamers run flock over to apex. And mm. I feel like apex is at the best that it's ever been any game. You know, you could search and see people whining about something, any, like live as a service games is just going to have its ups and downs and, mm-hmm. and you know, people are working on it at all times. It, it, and it's, that's, that's, that's also the other side of just doing the, um, like knowing what's going on mm-hmm. is seeing all these people being like, they don't care. They don't care. This, this is a group of people who care the most. Yeah. <laughs> they care more than any dork on a subreddit will care. And, mm-hmm. and they're a- actively trying to make the game a better game. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see and it's fun to be a part of. Uh, yeah. But another game, Monster Hunter Rise, is back okay. and I'm hooked, and I'm hooked on it. And Monster Hunter Rise, if it sounds familiar, it might because it did come out on the Switches at first, yes. and it was interesting. Uh, and we'll get into this when we really get into it. But uh-huh. like Monster Hunter World was their attempt at making Monster Hunter palpable for everyone. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter has had a very niche audience for a long time, and it's been a very niche game. And since World, they've done really well at ironing out kind of the the kinks that made it so niche, the, the stuff that made it not as easy to jump into. Hmm. Uh, and rise is the perfect culmination of that because rise is the kind of newish stuff they implemented with world with the classic monster hunter design and new fresh takes and in 60 frames per second high high definition textures it looks good so it really playing rise takes me back to when i was like heavily playing monster hunter because i was mm-hmm. i got into it deep and it <laughs> it, it wasn't with unite but yes. it was but unite helped me get down that path and we're okay. gonna go through all of it but yeah no it was uh it was it truly was like it, it feels great but then outside of that and i don't necessarily have a definitive definitive answer for this one mm-hmm. because i'm my i'm just stepping my toes in because i'm excited to jump back into destinies too destiny okay. destiny i was going to say destinies destiny's child <laughs> destinies too destiny too it's kind uh, of a new dlc for destiny yeah, yeah. yeah you just got to give it a shot <laughs> but yeah destiny too i i've always loved the lore i'm a big destiny fan i have a ghost like right in front of me hold on let me just do what get over here um this does nothing because people are listening so they won't see it but you will see oh i'm gonna get Uh, a lot out of this yeah okay there you go yeah and it's nice and dusty this was a this is actually a ghost they created that works with your amazon alexa oh but 
I don't use it because apparently like you still have to talk to the Alexa and then it talks to it's it's like very clunky like it didn't oh, okay work there's when an extra shit, step there yeah it, it's it's an unnecessary extra step when in, they instead they should have just made this in an, an yeah. Alexa but um but it looks cool so I keep him on my desk and let him collect dust uh so and I have like all the compendiums so I'm deep in the game and its lore but I did take a break mm-hmm. because it can just get to be a lot yeah it gets very rinse repeaty like like any like any mmo once you after the first time you've you've beat the game now you're min maxing gear Mm -hmm. yeah i've heard a little bit about that with destiny i played the a decent amount of the first one on 360 like already deep into the xbox one and ps4's life cycle but uh i know that i've heard it's changed a lot to two as well so i'm not familiar with two hardly at all yeah um well thank you so much for talking with us not only about your history with video games but how that has sort of helped shape you shape your career and all the opportunities and things you that it has led to so far um we're gonna take a quick break like i told you and then when we come back we'll talk about all things monster hunter freedom unite so iffy i will see you on the other side all right Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here to discuss Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. Won't be the last time we say that with Iffy and Wadiway. Welcome back, Iffy. Hey, welcome back. You know, I, it, it's funny. I'm going to have to return sooner because I realize now that I probably should have done Apex. But, well, you know, we can get into that. <laughs> we, we can get well, into I do plan. I've been saying this since, like, episode two. But I do ha- plan to have return guests for additional solo episodes someday. So we're going to have to – I'm going to have to bookmark you as that too. Yeah, or yeah. who knows? Maybe I'll – uh, talk to more people who love Apex and we can do a co-op episode someday. I know, yeah, yeah. I do. That's what's going to happen is you're definitely going to talk to someone who uh, <laughs> loves Apex. And then it's all just going to it's gonna snowball from there. Um, well, let's, before we get into your you know personal experience with this game, I do want to talk about a little bit of the history and context. I've got the some basically just the Wikipedia uh, intro paragraphs pulled up. So I'm going to share about that, but if you want to interrupt, especially if you like know about this game's history and context, please do. Um, otherwise, I'll just be reading from the page. Um, so please, feel empowered to do that, but I will kick it off for us. Monster Hunter Freedom Unite is a 2008 action RPG video game in the Monster Hunter franchise for the PlayStation Portable and then later iOS. Um it is an expansion from the original Monster Hunter Freedom 2, which is a port of Monster Hunter 2. Is this the place where we're going to already pause and walk yeah. through what's going yeah, on yeah. here? Yeah, so, so here's the thing. Monster Hunter has had shaky releases. If it wasn't for the PSP, it probably would have been. And, you know, as a gamer yourself and probably doing this game, you've you've you and your audience probably know there are lots of games that end up never coming overseas to the US because it's it's not as popular here as it is in Japan. Mm -hmm. And so Japan gets them all and you're kind of stuck with the with with 
needing to learn Japanese or getting a port. Monster Hunter is clearly one of those. So Monster Hunter came out in the US and I remember really wanting it, but I didn't have a, a PS2 at the time. This is mm-hmm. pre Sly Cooper contract. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and and also um also, like it had the online feature, which I mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to play, but I wanted to. When it was described to me, I remember reading it in the Game Informer or whatever the equivalent of it was at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need this game, and and truly, it. I just like flat out just was never able to get it, never able to play it. So it's something I always wanted, uh, and then and then it came out on the PSP, and I didn't have a PSP yet. Okay. So I, but but yeah. So Monster Hunter came out, wasn't as popular in the U- U.S. as it was in Japan. So then they when they came out with uh, they came out with Monster Hunter Freedom uh, uh, Two, it came out. Um, hold on, they came out. They came out with Monster Hunter Two. But it did not come out in the U.S. Monster oh. Hunter Two was yeah yeah sorry I I'm looking at the wiki and I'm trying to like make sure I'm saying everything that's correct and yeah it's looking at because because the way to, the way I'm gonna talk about this and way look is there's Japan exclusive Monster Hunters mm-hmm. and then they internationally release so gotcha. Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter Freedom was interna- internationally released uh, with Monster Hunter uh, Freedom being a PSP game that came out in 2006 I definitely did not have a PSP at that point <laughs> or the money for it but that was um, and that was the first generation of Monster Hunter. Yes. This becomes very important, and you'll see why. And, and you see because it's in front of you. But the audience, listeners, you'll see why. Awesome. So when so when Monster Hunter Two came out, uh, that that was uh, also 2006, February 16, 2006, but only in Japan mm-hmm. because it wasn't as popular. And uh, they also had so, but with the PSP. They were a little, you know, the PSP, they really didn't have that many titles for it. So it forced them to, like, make games like this for available, even though it wasn't as popular. And so Monster Hunter Freedom 2 came. So here's where Ify comes in all this. I get a PSP, and immediately by the time I got a PSP, hacking your PSP was, was just, like, just common. Like you, yeah, it was, it was ubiquitous with the system. Yeah, 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 you got it. You you definitely got the PSP so that you can uh, so you can specifically um, <laughs> hack it. Like it's and, a future, its predecessor or the predecessor of the. Well, eventually the Vita would be the exact same thing. Um, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. Uh, and so I was like, oh, bet. Then I definitely need to do. I definitely do it. And the first thing I see when I hop on is Monster Hunter Freedom 2, Monster Hunter Unite. And I download mm. both of them immediately and I start playing them. And it's fun. You know, it's everything you want in the game. Uh, you know, it's it's it, to flat out explain what Monster Hunter is, especially these earliest versions. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll start with Unite. Is you are in Poke Village, Poke Village, and you are a hunter who was attacked, and they brought you back to your senses. They teach you how to use weapons, and they tell you need to hunt monsters. Uh, they they have tutorial levels where they teach you how to um, attack the monsters, like how to use the different weapons, mm-hmm. and that's about it. 
that's, and that's a, the extent that, of the story too, right? Uh, yeah, that's the yeah, that's the extent of what you get. That's the extent of the story. <laughs> like the the rest is you just clicking the monsters to hunt and going on these hunts. Yes. So to say there wasn't much guidance is 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 an understatement. Mm-hmm. You got because if you didn't play the previous monster hunters or know anything about it, you're kind of waiting for some more guidance, a story to follow. No, it's not. Even furthermore, the way you hunt in Dragon Ball, you get star quest. And then when you hunt enough of the key quests in the star quest, then you unlock an urgent quest, which is like a quest where they're like, hey, you need to go kill this monster because it's blocking something important. Hmm. And um, and because of that, you know, uh, you can't do any quests except the urgent quest. You go do the urgent quest and then you go up to the next star level. And then you uh, rinse, repeat. You have to hit the key quest. At in this game, there are key quests you could do, but they don't specify them. So in front of you are just like two pages of quests, and you don't even know that you only need to do like four of those quests to Mm -hmm. proceed to the next star level. Mm -hmm. So young, if he was just going one by one down (laughs) each quest and then doing it, and also. I was unfamiliar with the idea. Eventually I get it is that you have to farm monsters because you need like a multitude of parts to make weapons and armor Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be available on the first hunt. And this is like spiced up with the simple fact that in monster hunter, it, the size of the monster is completely randomized. So like you can have like your largest monster, your smaller monster, but a larger monster might have a little more health and it's big as shit. And so like hmm. you're it's it's a fun kind of almost roguelike in that way. Yeah. But it's so complicated. Uh like there's certain things where if you're looking at armor it'll say like plus 1 health, plus 2 health, plus 3 health, plus one. and so you would think that if I wear the plus 1 health, I get plus 1 health. Not Monster Hunter at this point. And that Monster <laughs> Hunter, you had to get small, medium, or large power-ups. So what that means is you have to get plus one, plus three, and plus two to get plus five. And when you plus five, then you have health up small. If you get it up to <laughs> 10, you get health up medium. Okay. And if you get it up to uh, 15, health up large. So okay. you only get the buff if you get it to a threshold of five plus five. So I'm over here mixing, matching armor, expecting it to do something that doesn't happen. I'm, and I'm, and I'm pretty much just playing the mess out of that. And then eventually, luckily I find that my cousin and his friends have hacked their PSPs and they've been playing and they actually did the smart thing and went online and learned about it. And they taught me everything that I taught you. Mm -hmm. So now for the first time in my monster hunter career, and I got to say, this is probably after maybe a year or two of playing. Like I was putting in numbers in this game and I would get to Tigrex was the big monster in this Uh one. And I could not kick his ass. He was beating the shit, which even like now I'm on the monster hunter subreddit and people talk about how that was such a, such a skill check back then. So imagine a skill check monster and you are nowhere near the skill you are (laughs) because you haven't figured he was, he was like smacking me. I was like, I was losing. I was like, how do you, you expect 
me to beat this guy when yeah. he smacks me for almost all my health. And then it wasn't when I went with my cousin. They were like, okay, we got to get you the this monster so you can like, so you can like get the right health and all this stuff. And so we started doing runs and all this stuff. Great, great party. And, and that was, and then after that, that was, I was hooked in because Mm -hmm. after that you had monster hunter three ultimate, which was major because that was on the Nintendo three DS. Huge jump. And this one was the first time, uh, you were able to use, um, you like connect in a, in a easier way because, um, cause this one you were able to play, I'm trying to make sure this is the one. I don't know if it was three. I I believe this was the one. Yes. And then they have, I still have this in my drawer. Look up the uh, slide pad expansion bundle. I have that in my drawer. So because monster hunter was a game where you need to control your movements with your, with both the left and right thumbstick. Yes. And then if you don't remember the, the 3ds had like a small nub. The nub for, yeah. Yeah. And it was so hard <laughs> to use. And then, uh, they added this expansion stick that actually, uh, in Japan, they promoted it for Monster Hunter, but out here is for Kid Icarus. Oh, yeah, that was I the know game. this thing. Yeah, that was the game that they promoted that slide stick for. So I had it, and it was fun. But then as I got deeper into it, and I think I was using um, – I, I think it had to be – I think it was Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate was when I upgraded – and you could pop out the nub and put a PSP, the the the, the thumb pad. Yes. And you could put that on the nub, and then it controls way better. Whoa. And yeah. So I completely <laughs> customized it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. And that's funny you bring up for Ultimate. We have we have talked about that game on this show. Uh, really? Like last year, a friend of the show, Connor Arakaki, talked about just how much he loved that game. Um, but any so we've touched on it a little bit, but so this oh yeah, just continued to propel you through the series. Yeah, so and it was with the same group we would meet up. It was our buddy Joe's. We'd be in be in his backyard just hunting monsters. And for ultimate, let's see, was this in Long Beach or is this way after this? Yeah, uh, this this is this is uh, this is Long Beach esque. Yeah, around okay. the Long Beach time. And yes, it was for ultimate. Four Ultimate was the yes. game changer because Four Ultimate was the first time ever in Monster Hunter history on a handheld system that you were able to join over the internet. Yes. So all this time we've been talking that you've it's only been local play mm-hmm. for the PSP. It's only been local play. We had to go buy a PSP link cable to play. That's something I'm I missed. <laughs> And that's and that's why it took me so hard when I was playing, you know, Freedom Unite to even because I couldn't play with anyone. And then there was this old service that um, that you could use where you used a Wi-Fi thumb drive could you connected and it would um, it was a program you use that would make your Wi-Fi thumb drive read to your PSP or not a link cable. You didn't need a link cable for PSP, uh, but it, it made your PSP think it was another PSP. Okay. So you would use it as a hub and you would a- be able to play with people online. Just sort of like in your own uh, MacGyvered way. Uh, yes, I know. 
That's incredible. The way, it's all I'm just all I can think of is the life will find a way uh, quote from Jurassic Park. But we're talking about people playing Monster Hunter together and finding a way to do that before the Wi-Fi actually wanted to allow you for that. Yes. Oh, it was it was so wild. It's I, I'm trying to look up the 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 program it was, but it was like a program. You it, mm. it was and you had to and I was never able to get it because. It was like you had to order it online, this oh. dongle thing. And this was like, you know, like early tens, you know, yes. like, like, like 2008, 2009, 2010. So like we were ordering stuff online, but we weren't as cavalier, you know, yeah. we weren't as cavalier <laughs> as it, as, as we are now. So it was just so hard to get my hands on it. But then, so I remember just falling in love with for you because now like not only if my friends weren't available i was able to just play with strangers and we would yeah. just run so yeah truly a game changer and then then it's, and so the reason i say i i mentioned generations is because capcom did their capcom thing where they just drop a whole bunch of versions so when unite came out there was also monster hunter freedom too which was a separate game that didn't have as many monsters, but mm. it was also on PSP and available. And that's why when I saw it, I was able to have two and I would play Freedom 2 and it was this, and it felt the same as Unite. And I was like, oh, maybe this is just the Japanese name. And okay. then I later learned that no, Unite was just the update version. And then with Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, you guessed it, there was a Monster Hunter 3. And Monster Hunter <laughs> 3 was the Wii game that came out. So the Wii oh game and that, and not too many people I know played the Wii version, but then they came out with Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. And then when you had Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, within that same generation, you had Monster Hunter Generations. And wow. and that and that one was also on 3DS. And um and I remember that specifically because they had Generations Ultimate, which was on Switch, but this was right in the Right in the history of Monster Hunter World, which, which you know, changed the game completely. And World is is that a PS4 title? World is the one that came out on PS4, uh, Xbox One, and it came out on PC. Okay. Uh, so like it was the first time Monster Hunter was available outside of the Nintendo for such a long time. Wow. But also what they added was. If you if if you had you know plus two three four five to attack health on armor, then you had plus two three four five attack and health. Okay. Uh, you also had you know uh, they had a story in it, which was kind of weird, but it was a way to kind of help people understand. But the mechanics were the same. The monsters were about the same. It was just you know it just was kind of just different the graphics were more polished mm -hmm. it was a very polished looking game but i tried to come back to it and apparently just the servers just are trash but like a lot of mm. monsters i remembered were in there you had the uh gasodon heroes jagras was i felt i think it was like a jagras felt new uh because i don't remember those uh yeah yeah they they came those are new so mm. But like classic ones, like you know, the Devil Joe was was some was one that was big, you know, in the games, and they disappeared for a bit. Now it was back. You had the Diablos, you had Baroth, 
Basil Geese was was that a new or an old one? Let's see what generation did this one come fifth. Yeah, Basil Basil Geese is new, and that one was wild because that was just essentially a bomber jet that was a dragon. Oh my gosh, it's got the best name I've heard so far too, Basil Geese. Yeah, yeah. It's and then you know it had it had some fun features, but you know really didn't have the oomph to to keep me locked in. Mm But I did play it a bit on the stream. My stream liked it. And Rise is the first time I've been sucked into a Monster Hunter uh, since 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 the game we're talking about. Wow! It's just it just really has the it, it has everything that that I like. The design it went back to the classic design. Mm-hmm. It was so solid. Uh, so big big uh, big big up for me. I feel like. Uh, from the people that I know that did play Rise last year, they just adored it. But overall, maybe it was because of an early release window or maybe it is still a little more niche than some other franchises. It got overlooked. Uh, and it was a, one of those that I was like, oh, maybe this is my time to jump into Monster Hunter. And I still haven't done it. But from everyone I talked to, like yourself, they love this game. Oh, who yeah. actually played it. Um, oh yeah. I was going to ask you what I feel like I've gotten a little of an idea of what one of the answers for you could be. But what is it about this series or maybe even in these first games that got you hooked or that you found yourself wanting to go back to? Was it the the like the size of the monsters? Was it the loop? What was it for you? Uh I think what it was is the simplicity of it and the replayability (laughs) where like it's a game that yeah it didn't have a story you hunt monsters you use their materials to make better weapons and Mm -hmm. you hunt stronger monsters and the teamwork that comes is so so much fun you know like just just having like that's really when it clicked for me because you know Mm -hmm. i would i would kind of casually play monster hunter when it was just myself but when it was friends and you kind of like dodge a monster's like swing, but you notice your friend flying back because they, yeah. <laughs> they they didn't quite catch it. And the way you're trying to like complement each other with your weapons, it just mm-hmm. made it, 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 it made it classic for me. And so even with this one, I'm having the fun. And then I played with, you know, one of my mods and it was just back to that classic fun of just beating down on a giant monster and just trying to like min max your gear so that you can do it either better or quicker. Cause that also was the coolest part was when you get towards the end game and you go to some of the early monsters to mm-hmm. like help your friends and oh, yeah. you're just like smacking the mess out of this monster who gave you such a hard time before because your armor is just that much better. Remember me punk. Yeah, exactly. You used to shove me up against lockers. Now I'm kicking your ass. Yeah, now your ass is getting kicked. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. There's, I mean, a a common theme on this show is is discussing playing games with your friends and how that really is what I feel like ends up coloring a lot of experiences for, for not every experience, but a lot for people. So it's it's no surprise to hear that from you. you. You talked a little bit about maybe I think it was with. Freedom Unite, but if it, if it was with Ultimate or for Ultimate, let me know. You talked about playing in someone's backyard. 
Uh, yeah. Can you can you talk to me about that experience and like where you were doing this and what you remember? Because I'm just oh, yeah. fascinated that it was in a backyard. It was in that pre like like you know that that like college period for yeah. most people. Because like I know my cousin, he was this was right before he started going to Berkeley, and mm-hmm. Joe was going to Cerritos. So yeah, it was just that perfect like gang get together beat down the monster and and have fun and Mm -hmm. and like what's cool is because all the different monsters each have their own armor set so everyone has their laundry list right you have one person who's like hey we need a we need to farm baroth for a while because i want to get that armor and then Mm -hmm. someone's like okay cool can we go ahead and farm this monster so you're having fun farming it and you're like having fun racing to see who can get the last hit in and it's Mm -hmm. just like a collaborative game that you're still finding ways to be competitive with it that's fun and and you know like you said collaborative helping each other accomplish your own goals depending on where you are in that game you're i know you're not attempting at least i don't think you're attempting to sell me on this game but it sounds very fun the way that you're talking about it right now oh yeah i feel like you know uh how do you typically game do you game on pc no, I do no PC gaming, even though I did growing up. I had a really nice PC as like a junior higher, but it's mostly, uh, well, I'm lucky to have all three of the major consoles right now. I have a Series S, a PS5, and a Switch. So it's mostly that, or I play a lot of retro stuff too. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the Rise Switch community is still thriving, so mm-hmm. you can always go there. But it looks so good on PC. I think you need to come back home. I think you yes. need to start building that PC because there's a lot of fun stuff. Or at the very least, if you have to choose between the two, go ahead and get that Quest 2. Oh, yeah. that's. Yeah. I think Matt, speaking for the third time, there. I feel like if we say his name three times, he'll appear on the show. But I think, doesn't Matt have a Quest 2 now? Oh, that sounds like Matt. Yeah. That's a, you know, now that it could be, it could be a tax write-off, you know? <laughs> Thank you, Get Played. Um, uh, yeah. So either way, that's there are a lot of experiences that as much as, you know, having the three main consoles can provide you, there's just stuff you still miss out on. I mean, Steam entirely, like there's almost nothing you can play on a – not nothing. There's so much less you can play on a Mac. So someday I definitely want to go back to that. Or get into VR. Do you have a uh, Do you have a VR headset? Oh yeah, I have a Quest Two. Okay, just uh, on the charger, ready. Oh, nice. Oh, um, yeah. Incredible. Uh, for you, uh, if you was there anything else that you wanted to share about your experience with either uh, Freedom Unite or any of the your Monster Hunter experiences at all? Since I know that's that's what we've been covering today. Um, you know, uh, truly, uh, truly, I think any, any moment we got together in that backyard to, Mm -hmm. to go. And I think, I think my favorite moment was the moment they explained everything to me. Yes. Because it felt so enlightening because, you know, imagine like playing something so much and then trying to like, and trying to be like, what, like, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. Why am I not, you know, why, 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 like, I want to like this game, but it feels like I'm going up against this wall because this yes. one guy keeps kicking my ass and what's this. And finally, you know, finally being like, oh, wait, we can find him. And when I finally got to kill him, it felt good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but 
especially playing a new game or maybe one you're unfamiliar with or just one like that that doesn't tell you everything uh it is not always i'm not afraid to get to a point in a game where i'm like okay i definitely don't understand this or i must be doing something wrong so i'll look it up but it is so much more satisfying to not only have a friend tell you about it and walk you through it but also to like i'm sure doing it together in that way too because it is a collaborative experience must have been really great Oh, 100%. It, it was just so, so good. That's wonderful. Uh, well, um, b- I have some fun post-show segments for us, um, but uh, d- I did want to leave space if just to make sure you got to say everything you wanted about that or if you wanted to maybe even just put a bow on what Monster Hunter uh, means to you. Oh, yeah. No, I think I've gotten to say everything that I want to. So let's get okay. to the post-show. Killer. Well, thank you very much. Uh, the first segment of two that I have for you today, Ify, is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. Now, this is just the segment where I share some fun facts with my guest about the game. They could be trivia, cheat codes, uh, development history, um, but I've got two for you today. The first one I have titled Dung Like Dinner. Um, now I don't remember how to pronounce the name of this YouTuber, uh, but it's from a channel that might be pronounced Jode Java Hunter. So here we go. At Poke Farms, the player has the ability to plant, fertilize, and cultivate different resources. Does that check out to you so far? We can confirm this is something you can do at Poke Farms. Poke Farms. Uh, so say that one more time. You're pl- you can plant, fertilize, and cultivate different resources there. Yes, yes. And apparently you need monster dung to do this. Uh, so apparently if you run out of dung, you can creep over by a farm monster nearby. And I don't know what button you'd be pressing, but you can essentially like creep below them and pick out some dung. So if you run out, there's some like special dung waiting for you just hiding below this monster. The, um, a farm monster? <laughs> yes. It's just, I don't know what the monster's called, but it's just chilling there. And I watched some guy reach below and he got the dung he needed. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't find that. I <laughs> well, didn't find you, that. If you ever go back to the game or maybe in Rise, they have the ability to do that. There's, uh, there's, there's no shortage of dung. The second fact that I have for you, I have titled Pizza Hut Unite. So uh-huh. from February 14th through March 26, 2008 in Japan... Capcom had a promo campaign with Pizza Hut for this game. Uh, And apparently, if you ordered a pizza from the Japanese Pizza Hut website, uh, that entered the person into a drawing for one of the following prizes, either a ceramic white PSP, a black Monster Hunter t-shirt, and a copy of the game, Uh, which I looked at that PSP. It sure is crispy. It looks really nice. Um, But I'm sure that would have been a fun... uh, event to have out here that's it for the facts i now have some game recommendations for you if you know this is my one force tie-in to the movie call me by your name where i'm going to treat monster hunter freedom unite as your passionate summer love <laughs> and these recommendations are going to be possible next flings for you coming out okay. of this relationship so All right. probably you know had uh, friends in our lives or maybe even ourselves where when you finish a relationship, it's always interesting to see who they date next. Uh, is the person exactly the same as, as their last partner? Are they wildly different? We'll see. So this is based off that. Um, if uh, you want another game that's an expansion of a port 
of a game. We're getting really specific here. I'll yeah. recommend Resident Evil, the remake on the GameCube. Uh, Ooh. So uh, there's that for you. Are you have you played uh, the Resident Evil series at all? It's one that I have oh, truly yeah. never touched. Uh, three. Um, it's so funny. With me, the less scary, the better. So three, okay. I was able to power through very okay. easily. Um, I, I, I beat it in one stream. It was so, oh, wow. so great. Two That's, is a little too scary for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried seven. Uh, I think that's Biohazard or something like that because it's on the PS Plus collection and uh, I tried to play it in October. It was very scary. I'm a, I'm a Freddy cat and it got me good. Um, anyway, moving on to the next Rex. Uh, a game that no one is sure will be a Monster Hunter game, but maybe it will be a Monster Hunter game. It comes out in two days and that's Pokemon Legends Arceus. So... <laughs> People are speculating it might be a sort of a Monster Hunter game. Uh, oh. We'll, we'll see. I'm Based on the reviews, it doesn't seem like it is at all. Uh, yeah. And then lastly is if you just liked playing on your PSP, you just want to play another great game on there, I'll recommend Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. Uh, are you a Ooh. Metal Gear fan at all? Uh, very, very, very loosely. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, there's another great PSP title for you, uh, just in case you're. that's where your entire love for this game lies. That'll do it for the game recommendations, and that will actually bring us to the end of the show. Um, so before we go and uh, just plug whatever we'd like, thanks again for doing this. This was a blast to hear from you, not only about you know what you love about this game and the series, but also about... You know, your career, as you've said, as a professional nerd, it was really fun because some stuff I've gotten to know just tangentially or like seeing from afar, but it was really fun to hear from you. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, no, for, for, you know, definitely check me out on all the places I told you to. Uh, but the simplest way, uh, Twitter and Instagram, if you want way, if you follow me there, you shouldn't miss most of what I'm doing. Awesome. Uh, we'll put links uh, to all that in the show notes. And then I will close this out with some plugs of my own. The cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his wonderful work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should listen mm. to a sister show uh, of this one, Video Games, a comedy show, which is also a part of our uh, of Super NPC Radio, which is our Patreon. Again, if you're interested in uh, bonus content, you like hearing from me, you like my opinions on games, or just like uh, series in general, check us out there, patreon.com slash supernpcradio. You can follow me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe, and sometimes I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash consiscool69. That'll do it. For this episode of Call Me By Your Game, we will see you on the next one. 